And uh, welcome, my good friends. Welcome. Welcome to my uh, live stream. Welcome to my podcast. Welcome. Uh, t- today is Saturday. We live till January uh, 20, uh, 26, 2019. Just want to make sure I'm on the right date. We lived that long. It is 11.25 in the a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I am in uh, California, uh, about 12 uh, miles uh, east of uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Again, welcome uh, to my Periscope, welcome to my podcast. Welcome, let me introduce myself. Uh, My name is Andre uh, Lefevre, Andre Lefevre. I am an independent citizen journalist, uh, and I'm an extreme libertarian. I uh, love to mouth off on things political, things cultural, things interesting. And I have sad news for uh, all of us uh, deplorables, MAGA people. Um, Donald Trump sold us out. And of course, uh, you know why I'm saying so. He simply decided that uh, he is no longer interested in representing us, the American middle class. He does not care that we are being fairly quickly replaced by the illegal Democrat voters from Latin America. And uh, he turned tail and he ran. And you see Nancy Pelosi and all her globalist uh, buddies like Chuck Schumer and the rest uh, dancing in front of the cameras and making fun of him. And by proxy, he embarrassed us, he made us look ridiculous because we, the deplorables, have hired him. We have hired him to do a certain job. And uh, he did not, he did not do it, he did the opposite. Uh, Donald Trump long ago ceased to be a person. He is not a person by the name of Donald Trump. I know that uh, I, and I'm sure most of you don't look at him as a um, New York uh, Queens-born billionaire. We really don't care how many affairs he had, how many hush money he has paid uh, uh, paid up to the um, to the hookers that he um, had sex with. This is not this is not what he represents. He represents the American middle class. He represents and it's corny, but make America great again is not just a slogan. It's a desire of the majority of the American citizens once again have a say-so in how our country run. And our uh, ridiculous immigration laws are such that any alien from any stupid country in the world can put a toe on the American soil and remain. As long as they make it to the American soil, as long as their foot touches it, they can claim political asylum and remain. And of course, they already made Democrat voter. And Democrats voting them legally or illegally. They're just voting them. So the wall is not a symbol. The wall is not a luxury. The wall is not something that we can do without. The wall is that physical barrier that prevents illegal Democrat voters from coming to the United States and claiming asylum physically prevents them because we have screwy laws. It, it is logically needed. It's not a symbol. We logically need a barrier 
so illegal Democrat voters from Latin America cannot come to the United States and stay. Right now they can. They're forming more and more caravans. Now on neocons destabilized Venezuela to the point that I saw one report and I reported on it yesterday by some estimates about 8 million uh, more uh, third world um, illegal immigrants may be heading towards the United States if uh, the crap that the uh, CIA and the uh, neocons uh, have created in Venezuela will, will continue. So um, it is time, it is time, what are you saying here? Three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. Let's be, let me touch on that. Let me touch on that. Three weeks. What do you think is going to change in three MFing weeks? Forgive my French. He gave in. He gave in. He gave in. He sold us out. I don't know how you can fix it in three weeks. Do you really think that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer somehow are, uh, are, are going to be reasonable in three weeks? They won. They're going to build crap. Uh, he may or may not declare national emergency, but now since he lost so much, uh, so much power and so much influence by giving in and running tail, some uh, some judge is just going to stop it. What are you saying here? Okay, well that's fine. Uh, I I'm I'm not I'm I, I mean I, I don't want to argue uh, with that. If you feel that he didn't uh, turn yellow and betrayed us. That's your prerogative. That's that's your prerogative. But uh, remember, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, um, that Ocasio Cortez uh, check, and uh, all of the Antifa are laughing at us, the deplorables, for supporting the loser. They're laughing at us. This is just that. This is just that. So we're being laughed at. Where he turned us into laughing stock. He turned us, the American middle class, into a laughingstock. No, we will see, take a great weekend. Okay, you have a wonderful weekend too. I mean, we just differ in the opinions. Now, I want to bring some good news that we have. And those are long-term good news. Uh, they, uh, they have nothing to do with what's, uh, what's happening now. Um, it is inevitable, it is inevitable that the hard left is going to lose in the long run. And why am I saying that? Uh, let me, let me go on this page. Uh, this is an article, opinion article I found on the town hall. Uh, it was posted by uh, Rachel Alexander. Uh, on December 31st of, uh, of last year. Um, the headline is, Look Back at the Demise of the Mainstream Media in 2018. Uh, yes. The mainstream media, the corporate control media, have lost the ability to influence us. It lost the ability to influence uh, the deplorables, the uh, the uh, American middle class. There is a um, 
there is a rise of uh, the millennial influencers, even though I hate that word, influencer, I'm going to use it, uh, who are creating public opinion, who are reinforcing the public opinion. Uh, if you remember, and that thing is still going on, the Covington Boys controversy, uh, just a handful of millennial commentators on Twitter and Periscope were able to turn the narrative around completely. And uh, let me uh, let me list some of them. The one that is uh, very quickly becoming a star is a young lawyer uh, from Washington D.C. Uh, his name is uh, Will Chamberlain. And uh, let's see what his uh, Twitter uh, is. See, I'm loading, and it's loading, and it's loading, and it's loading. And it is uh, loading. Here we go. Uh, this is his Twitter account, and he is Will uh, Chamberlain at WillChamberlain.com. I, I have, um, he was one of the handful of... Um, millennial uh, opinion makers on Periscope, on, uh, on alternative um, media, if you will, who I think was able to change uh, the perception of what happened in Washington, D.C. He and a couple of other uh, people simply told the truth and brought to light exactly what happened. I mean, he didn't do it by himself. He, uh, he didn't do it, but he, he had others. But what he was able, since he has trust and influence of uh, so many people, um, people changed their mind. By the way, he retweeted uh, Jack Posobiec. And he's another millennial uh, that, is, um, that is already a big star. Uh, he is, I believe, a naval um, intelligence officer also from Washington, D.C., and let's, let me load his Twitter account. And uh, he's, an interesting, he's an interesting guy. He obviously knows a lot of people in Washington, D.C. Because of his uh, intelligence background, he knows how to collect and uh, analyze um, information that he gets. And uh, he has a very interesting style of presenting it. He forces people who listen to him to think. I, I really enjoy his, uh, his periscopes, his podcasts. Um, the next person I want to say is, um, I mean, I would have have never guessed that somebody like that would become, become such, a, such a megastar of the um, alternative um, of the alternative uh, news, and I'm talking. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm talking about Candace Owens. Uh, he was. She was actually brought to the limelight by Alex Jones. No idea. I don't. You know. I'm. I'm just. Uh, I'm just. Uh, I'm just a deplorable. Uh, I'm not a professional uh, journalist. I'm a citizen journalist. I don't get paid for this. <coughs> I don't have any inside knowledge. Uh, I don't have some secret contacts uh, anywhere, don't claim to be. I just use my brain and my life experience in my business uh, in my business uh, acumen and business experience to analyze things. 
uh, when uh, your livelihood depends on uh, extracting money from your uh, from your customers and convincing them that the product that you sell and services that you provide are the best, you learn a lot about persuasion, you learn a lot about advertising, and you learn to read people, and you also learn to recognize who the decision maker is, and that's my bona fides. That's what I know how to do. And uh, interestingly, again, uh, for the first time I saw Candon's own, so when she appeared on Alex Jones's uh, uh, program, have no idea where if those two are still on friendly terms, and I really do not care. I think she works now for some uh, uh, for some establishment Republican organization called Turning Point USA that targets the um, college students and uh, young um, college students. It's, um, it doesn't really matter. She has the influence. Uh, she has the persona. Uh, she has uh, the dominant traits of a star uh, that influences, influences people and changes public uh, opinion. She's one of those people who is not uh, subject to the polling. She uh, moves the polls, uh, not a follower. Um, another person that I have been watching, and unfortunately I know very little about, I really enjoy his periscopes. Is uh, Omar Navarro? He is local to me in uh, uh, in Southern California, and you know, let me uh, let me let me Google him. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, he ran twice against um, Maxine Waters in her district, which is. South Los Angeles and uh, uh, that part of Los Angeles are full of uh, illegals and uh, English-speaking people on, on welfare. Let's see. Uh, let uh, Omar Navarro. Uh, see here, all conserve. Let me see if I can really pick up uh, Facebook, uh, Bowerpedia. Um, you know, I can't really very quickly find his biography here. Uh, sorry about that, but uh, this is his. Um, uh, this is his uh, Twitter account. Uh, he has led a demonstration uh, in Northern California against the big tech uh, last year. And he seems to be in line uh, with um, all of the libertarian, conservative, Christian, MAGA ideals. He is a true representative uh, of, um, of MAGA. I, from what I heard uh, him talk and from the periscopes that he have done, I'm very comfortable that he is very, very uh, compatible to be hired by us, the deplorables, to represent us. Uh, and he has that very um, unique feature that I think you're born with, that you cannot, uh, uh, that, that, that you cannot develop uh, by training. He's a leader. He's, he's got that, he's got that uh, dominant trait that, that makes him a... Um, 
the influencer. Again, I hate that word, but I'm going to use it. Makes him an influencer. Um, the another person that I uh, enjoy uh, following is Terence uh, Williams. Let me bring his uh, <coughs> let me bring his uh, Twitter information up. He is an actor and a comedian. Um, he has a wicked, absolutely wicked uh, sense of uh, humor. He describes himself Terence K. Williams, actor, comedian, and commentator. Um, again, he's not a politician. He is a true entertainer and a comedian. And uh, one of those uh, men who is capable of captivating your attention and holding it and uh, influence your opinion. He has that ability. And in my view, he's another one of those millennials, millennials who are the future of this uh, country. And I saved uh, my favorite person uh, for, the, uh, for the last. And she has been kicked off uh, a Twitter because uh, of what she represents, of what she does. Her name is Laura Loomer, and if you don't know who she is, I suggest very quickly go to her website, lauralumer.us. And I have to say, I never met the woman, have never talked to her. Don't make any money of uh, of, of talking about her. It's it's my own. Uh, it's, it's my own personal opinion. I uh, wish I had more time to watch um, her videos, <clears throat> but um, she went to Minnesota and she exposed uh, what the Muslim invaders have done to that state. When uh, there was a play uh, in uh, New York Central Park that, uh, that uh, under the guise of uh, Shakespeare's Caesar uh, basically depicted people stabbing Donald Trump, she uh, stopped it for a few minutes, and uh, she pro and uh, she proclaimed that uh, that um, uh, uh, advocating violence in uh, as a political tool is wrong. She was arrested for that. I think she was arrested many, many times. Uh, she is one of those people who are absolutely indispensable for uh, for a free society. Absolutely. Absolutely indispensable. Um, let's uh, change gears a little bit. Uh, let's change gears. Um, we have we have a very unpleasant situation going on in Venezuela. It looks like. Um, and I'm going to bring this article up as soon as it loads. It looks like uh, the, uh, the military-industrial complex is uh, not making enough money in the Middle East because uh, we're pulling out of Syria. Uh, the war in, um, in Iraq is ended for all practical purposes. <coughs> the war in Afghanistan is just not producing enough profits. And keep in mind those endless Middle Eastern wars that Bush family uh, brought us in were very profitable 
uh, for the defense contractors because they were using all technologies there. And to produce uh, conventional weapons is not that expensive. So the profit margin on, uh, um, on what they were using, the weapons that they were using uh, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Syria, were huge. Well, now those profits are falling uh, dramatically. So, um, neocons want to create another endless civil war to boost their profits, this time in Venezuela, by, um, by, uh, coup de, uh, by creating a coup d'etat, creating a civil war in there. Granted, um, Maduro is not a darling. He is a monster. He is a Marxist monster who is starving his country to death. <clears throat> but the person they're replacing him with, and his name is um, uh, Juan Guido, I, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, is not exactly a lover of, of freedom. He's another lefty, but he's a lefty who is an asset of uh, the American three-letter uh, agencies. Apparently, he's, uh, he did his studies in uh, George Washington University in Washington, D.C. at one time. And um, if you know, uh, have you ever read about how that works, that somehow channels to me that he's been recruited by CIA or uh, Pentagon. He's just part uh, of, the, um, of the neocon movement. Now, I'm looking at an uh, article on the consortium uh, news, and that's a recent one. Uh, it has been published, um, it doesn't say, oh, January 25th. The headline reads, Venezuela's uh, U.S.-backed coup leader immediately targets state oil company and requests IMF money. Uh, unelected U.S.-backed uh, coup leader, uh, Juan Guaido, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I, I am not a, uh, an establishment intellectual and I don't, don't speak Spanish. Uh, Juan Guaido immediately moved to try uh, to restructure Venezuela's state owned oil company and seek financing from the uh, Neolithic IMF, uh, reports Ben Norton in the Gray Zone. Uh, the right wing opposition leader that the United States is trying to undemocratically installed as the video, uh, Venezuela president immediately said the signs on the country's state-owned oil company which he's hoping to restructure and move towards privatization. So let me just uh, translate this into English. Um, uh, our uh, neocons and uh, our um, elites simply won't put their paws on, on the Venezuela's oil. If in the process we're going to have 8 million refugees, as uh, some predict, pouring uh, across our southern border, they, they, really, do not, they, they, they really do not care. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm very, I, my heart goes out to the Venezuelan people. I was born in the Soviet Union. I know what it is to exist in the Marxist hell. But um, what neocons are, are trying to do in Venezuela, I don't think will improve things. They're simply uh, replacing one Marxist hell led by uh, people who are supported by Russia and China 
by another Marxist hell who is uh, led by Soros in the, his uh, cohorts. Now, here's an article that I have found. that um, kind of explains what happened in Venezuela. And I think it's important uh, it's important to take a look why uh, uh, why things happen in our country the way they happen. This one is from um, uh, from the Atlantic. Uh, let me see, uh, probably this window would be better. The headline, the White House move on Venezuela is the least Trumpian thing it's done. Let me read you a couple of paragraphs. Uh, the Trump administration <coughs> concerted diplomatic effort did not originate um, on Twitter. It did not begin with a tweet. Donald Trump's decision this week to recognize Venezuela's opposition leader as the nation's legitimate president is surprising on many levels. But uh, one of them is that uh, it didn't arrive as a bolt from the president's blue checkmark Twitter account. No deliberate diplomacy with a uh, nuclear armed nation was uh, blown to smithereens by a couple of hundred dashed off characters from the commander-in-chief. No advisor general to reassure allies after a presidential proclamation. No one printed, printed out a tweet and handed it to the American Secretary of State so that he could turn it into coherent policy. Instead, as Venezuela autocratic leader Nicolas Maduro began another term, in office after sham election, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo consulted with U.S. partners in South America and beyond. Uh, National Security Advisor John Bolton affirmed uh, the constitutional right of Juan Guardo, the um, head of Venezuela's National Assembly, to invalidate Maduro presidency. On Tuesday, on the eve of widespread uh, anti-government protests, there, Vice President Mike Pence called Guaido and in an op-ed in Spanish uh, sprinkled video express solidarity with Venezuelan people. So um, <coughs> the <coughs> the point uh, that uh, this Atlantic uh, uh, this Atlantic article is is making is that it was a deliberate move uh, by the neocons to simply create a coup d'état, and uh, it is obvious um, they're not getting money from Venezuelan oil, and Russia and China does. So it's a power play to remove their influence uh, from there. And they're willing to uh, create a, uh, a civil war that will kill countless people and will send uh, countless Democrat voters across, across our southern border. And remember, there is no wall. So anybody, any uh, South American illegal who can put their foot, their toe, uh, their pinky on the American soil can claim political asylum and state and then be illegally registered while he's still illegal by the Democrat Party and re and uh, pack uh, our votes, uh, replacing us, the American class. Um, something I want to say, uh, something I want to say about the wall and the shutdown that I should have done earlier is that I, from my, again, life experience, not because I know something that nobody else does, not because I uh, have some inside, inside knowledge in, uh, in Washington, D.C. I understand 
why President Trump gave in is because Washington DC is ruled by unelected bureaucracy the mid-level assistants of the assistants, the secretaries, the, uh, <coughs> the um, supervisors who all suckle on the, on the tit of the taxpayers money and their opinion, their public opinion inside uh, inside Washington DC matters because they run things out there. I'm talking about mid-level managers. Uh, the uh, job performance and the opinion for the stars of uh, the unelected bureaucracy, the deep state, depends on the people who support them. And don't think for a second that uh, uh, that uh, Bob Mueller and his types do not depend on thousands of faceless mid-level managers, mid-level federal employees. They constitute a unelected, a, a very powerful unelected block in Washington D.C. Now we, the deplorables, the middle class, we didn't notice the government shutdown. It did not affect us. As a matter of fact, it was just to us it was just worse. To them, it was a calamity of the first degree, and their collective disagreement with that shutdown their collective uh, loss of that uh, taxpayers' money that they suckle uh, through the government debt uh, affected our president, I think. And um, countless, countless of his uh, swamp creature advisors, I'm sure, came to him and convinced him to cave in. And he did. And he betrayed us. He betrayed us pretty bad. Let's go back to what we were talking before. Uh, here's an article I found on Consortium News. Uh, let me bring this up. And it has an interesting headline. The headline is uh, uh, The Neocons Backdoor to Trump. Uh, let me bring this up and it's loading because I want to read a couple of paragraphs and I want to. Uh, I want to make a couple of co comments. Uh, Consortium News. The neocons backdoor to Trump, and this was published in, uh, two years ago, in February of 2017, but it is, uh, it is very telling. So let me read you a couple of paragraphs. President Trump's foreign policy is uh, sliding towards neoconservative orthodoxy on the Middle uh, East because White House insiders are aligning with uh, Israeli-Saudi interest in uh, uh, vowing uh, undying hostility to Iran, which they falsely insist is the chief sponsor of terrorism. I'm told that Secretary of State uh, of State Tax uh, Rex uh, Tillerson privately at least recognized that Saudi Arabia and his uh, Sunni-led uh, Gulf state allies are prime backers of uh, Al Qaeda and Islamic State. So even uh, two years ago, it was obvious already. Uh, that uh, the um, the neocons, the deep state, doesn't matter Republicans or, Demo or Democrats, are going to run our foreign policy. So it's not surprising that in 2009, the same people are asserting their power oil, uh, over the oil reserves of Venezuela. It is a power play. The question is, is it going to benefit us? 
the American middle class? And I'm going to say no, because uh, it is not in the interest of the middle class to have a country uh, that is involved in a severe civil war and is sending millions of refugees north to replace us, the American citizens, and pack the voting rolls. One. Number two, we do not need the neocons line their pockets <coughs> with, uh, with petrodollars uh, become even wealthier than they are right now because you know that they'll be using it to give money to uh, Soros' controlled for fund, democratic funds to curb, uh, to curb our freedom. So it's a two-pronged um, uh, operation that is going to make our life of the American uh, uh, of the American middle class miserable. A, we're going to get uh, in the influx of illegal Democrat voters in our country. And remember, there is no wall because Trump gave in. Two, it will give money to the globalist uh, interests to silence us. So to us, the American middle class, the intervention into Venezuela is an absolute disaster. And I do understand the argument that Maduro is a Marxist monster and he's terrible for the Venezuelan people. But uh, if we are to do a coup d'etat, and let the neocons and the globalists run it. He's going to turn that disaster even that his disastrous rule even into huger disaster, and create a different kind of disaster for us, the American middle class. Moving on, uh, let's talk about technology uh, for uh, uh, for a little bit. Um, I am uh, on. Um, Boeing.com uh, You know what? I just, uh, yeah, I'm on Boeing.com. Let's do this story. Um, let's uh, pull this up. It's on Gizmodo.com, actually. And uh, Go to this uh, window, and the uh, headline is "Scientists uh, figured out how to send um, messages to your ear with lasers." Uh, just an interesting factoid. Let me read you a couple of paragraphs. <coughs> Scientists have uh, devised a way of communicating secretly by sending laser-transmitted messages directly to the area around a person's ear. Humans enjoy talking to one another and often do so in ways that prevent eavesdropping from listening in. This new research could have potential military application, but uh, where else do you think might uh, find use? I think it is a very important uh, technology. Uh, it's uh, since we have a Chinese-style uh, uh, censorship. Uh, that's coming to the United States. So for instance, uh, New York uh, have imported the variation of Skynet face recognition for the use of New York uh, <coughs> law enforcement uh, agencies in the city of New York. If we as private citizens will be able to uh, uh, transmit information to one another without Big Brother uh, surveillance uh, being able to listen in, I think it is very, very, very important. 
And uh, let me uh, let me make a point. Uh, let me make a point. Uh, let's take our rose-colored glasses off and let's stop living in the um, imaginary world. Our country is no longer a free democratic republic. I'm sorry to say that, ladies and gents. Our country is no longer a free democratic republic. It has some of the republican institutions and some we still have a constitution and some lip service to it. But reality is we live in a fascist state. We do. It's just, just the fact. I know it doesn't feel like it because we're living here and when we say the word fascist, it brings the uh, images of World War II and of the Nazi state. But the whole idea of uh, fascism was a situation where you had a sort of small group of unelected elites combined uh, you know, running the government and running, uh, running the large corporations who run uh, Roughshod over the population. The population has to be watched, looked after, and treated like cattle, treated like uh, like pets. And only the upper uh, levels of society can enjoy true luxury and uh, true enjoyment of life. They too, by the way, don't have any freedom up there. This is the idea of what fascism is. It's a variation on the Marxist uh, progressive ideas because uh, fascism, Nazism, communism, socialism, all the branches of the same progressive uh, progressive tree. So just think where we live right now in the United States. Uh, Roger Stone was arrested yesterday, obviously a nonviolent man, a political operative. You had, what is it, 29, 30 um, thugs uh, wearing, uh, wearing the FBI uniform uh, form with uh, with automatic weapons break his door and take him out of the house just because they could and then judge basically gave him no bail I mean he just signed a quarter of a million promissory note that if he doesn't show up he'll pay it he didn't have to come up with a cent that, that doesn't happen in free society it simply doesn't so please take your rose the color uh, rose colored glasses and that imaginary idea that we're still living in a free uh, uh, republic uh, what uh, what about the elections? You say we still elect people? Yeah, just uh, uh, like Bernie Sanders had they uh, won. Uh, if everything were fair, no thanks. Bernie Sanders would have have squared in with uh, Donald Trump in 2016. But uh, very simply, the um, he was uh, he was robbed. I mean, uh, Hillary Clinton had more political power, he, she had more physical power, simply had more power, so um, she simply eased them away. It, it was that simple. Uh, also, for the last uh, election cycles, presidential election cycles, we keep on having margins, uh, there are almost 50-50 Republican Democrats. I am not a mathematician. I have uh, never stu studied statistics, but I have talked to mathematicians who study statistics uh, who say that's an impossibility to have a consistent 50-50 split on every election. It's it just a mathematical. You, you cannot create a mathematical model that will make sense for something like that, which tells me there's a constant, there's a constant voter fraud. And since the only people who do the voter fraud 
are the Democrats, the, the hard left. It is obvious that they do not enjoy the, uh, they do not enjoy the majority of votes. So wh whenever we have Democrat, uh, Democratic Party winners, it is uh, the only way they can win if they would finagle the votes. I'll give you one example that is obvious how they do it. We have found uh, that in Los Angeles County, uh, there are approximately 110% of the voting registrations uh, in comparison to the voting uh, people who are eligible to vote. Uh, I am uh, convinced that the same thing happens in every uh, blue uh, uh, in every blue municipality. So you notice that during the presidential elections, the large cities on the eastern and midwestern seaboard report the last. So the strategy of them is really, really simple. What they do, they wait to see how many more fraudulent votes they need to win, and they simply manufacture them. So um, this is... Uh, this is, I want to, when, when you listen to me, understand where I'm coming from. We do not live anymore in a free society, in a free democratic society that believes in the founders' principles. We live in a fascist state. It is not very severe yet, yet. But please take off your rose glasses and, 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 and stop that in, in Sunday and say, oh my God, the crap is happening. Uh, we live in a fascist state that is uh, very Nazi in this nature, except people who are being, uh, uh, people who are being uh, portrayed as evil are no longer Jews or Gypsies or people of African descent. Uh, people who are being portrayed as Gypsies are, are those of us who are of the European descent. This is the fact of life. This is uh, the Covington boys story, which I hope is not going to die anytime soon. There are indications that Kentucky and the Attorney General is going to um, uh, is going to enforce the law for uh, death threats and such against uh, Kentucky citizens. And apparently, the Covington boys uh, have hired five uh, uh, major law firms to sue every uh, every fascist, leftist uh, idiot who caused uh, the defamation of character on them. I hope that will progress, but it is a little bit, and it's a little bit too late. We, the American class, have woken up due to the internet and alternative uh, media to wake up in a fascist state. This is where we are uh, right now. You know, I was going to go over many other things today, but I'm going to stop because I'm running out of time. Uh, I'll talk more about it um, in a few days. Um, I really appreciate you joining me. Thank you. I appreciate it a lot more than uh, than, than, than I can ever say. Uh, God bless you. God bless you. And uh, we, will, uh, we will talk later. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye.